Hello, Detroit Lions podcast family. This is Jeff Risen from the Detroit Lions podcast and Lions Wire coming at you. I was out in Allen Park today for the first open practice of OTAs, and I'm here to tell you what I saw. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. All right. So, interesting day. Uh, First day that the entire team was there and available for those of us in the media to watch them. Uh, Very nice day. Uh, Very good crowd from the media. Uh, More than was typically there, which was nice to see. Saw a lot of interesting things. Started off with press conferences. Let's go through those real quick. Um, Dan came out first wearing an epic shirt. Uh, he had the shirt on of Brad's sweatshirt of Dan uh, that we saw earlier this offseason. It was epic. It was great. It was very well received. He was clearly proud of it. I give credit to his wife, of course, uh, because the ladies do make all the fashion decisions that are good in life. And uh, it, it just it kicked things off on the right tone. And Dan talked about um, one of the things that, that struck me, and this is something that I think is going to be a recurring theme kind of as we go forward, is... Uh, he was asked about the hype and how the team is going to handle it. And he basically said, you know, they're aware of it. They're cognizant of it, but they don't necessarily buy it because they haven't really won anything yet. And I think that was a very good way of looking at it. And uh, that's something that I think we saw it reinforced even just a little bit in, in the first days. And look, it's May. It's it's not quite full speed, although some reps were full speed. They're not in full paths. It's not contact. They're not allowed to have contact, actually. Uh, you know, you're, you're looking at a lot of um, mental reps, getting, getting people figuring out where and when they need to be on a certain play. Uh, and it's about, like, mental preparation, which is what Dan talked about, making sure the conditioning is there. And also, uh, just, like, participation and let's see where guys fit. Um, and that's one of the things that we looked at in the media is, Who's lined up where? What are they doing? Um, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it into, uh, before I get, I get to some of the other things uh, on the press conferences, kick it to Brian Branch a little bit and C.J. Gardner-Johnson because they are listed as defensive backs, which makes me very happy. Uh, if you follow me along at all in the draft process, you'll know that I said, don't call Brian Branch a safety. He is a defensive back. The Lions agree. I like that. And we saw why they agree in practice today. He was lined up uh, in single high safety. He was lined up in split safety as the deep over-the-top safety. And he also lined up in the slot. He did not take any reps at outside, but that was more because they have so many outside cornerbacks they didn't really need to. C.J. Gardner-Johnson did the same thing. Same order, uh, just with the first team. Uh, and it's it's... You're going to see a lot of flexibility between these guys. Uh, my general thought after watching the first day, listening to to Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn, and, and also talking to a couple of coaches uh, sort of off the record on the side, they're trying to figure out where Branch fits best and to give him that role. And uh, I like the fact that they've made him a defensive back instead of just calling him a safety. It's clear that he and Gardner Johnson can play together. They can mix and match. They can do things uh, as they want. Will Harris also fits that bill, by the way. He is still listed just as a cornerback. Looked good, too. Um, he, he certainly had showed some, some open field speed today. Um, let's go back to Aaron Glenn for a second. AG came out. 
AG's press conferences, you, he's one of those guys where you never, like, he's giving you good answers, but you're never quite sure if he's mad at you or if he's just, like, answering your questions seriously. And uh, I, I think he leaned more towards the latter today. Uh, and there's a couple of them that are important that we're going to talk about. Uh, the first is Levi Anzarike, which is something that everybody wants to know about. He said he wouldn't talk about it and was very clear that uh, until that player gets on the field, he's not concerned about that player. So, out of practice, Levi Anzarike, number 91, was on the field. Not working with the team, though. Um, working out with trainers on the side. He did participate in the stretching drills, and this is where I picked up uh, and a couple of the other people that I was standing with picked up on it. He is not close, folks. Uh, look, this is a guy who missed last season because of a back injury. They're doing stretching drills. And they you, if you've ever seen stretching drills, you know the one where you start. And uh, I'm not going to I'm not gonna visually demonstrate it because I would probably fall over and hurt myself. But uh, you're walking on your heel and you're stepping forward um, with one leg in front of the other. And you're, you're, you're flexing and you bend down and you're, you're touching like pretty low. Um, I, my daughter demonstrated that she can actually touch the ground when she does it. Um, I can touch like halfway down my calf. Levi's doing it and he couldn't get below his knee. That's concerning because he kind of has long arms too. So there's two ways to look at this and I do not know the answer. Don't know which it is. Either he's being limited in his range of motion by the training staff, which was you know clearly watching him very closely which means that they're bringing him along slowly and they don't have a lot of confidence in where his progress is at to let him do more than that, which isn't good, but it's understandable. Or he was trying to do it and can't do any more than that, and that's really not good. Uh, I do Again, I do not know the answer to that, but neither of them looks like a positive development at this point. He was doing uh, reps where he was um, sort of exploding out of the stance, except he was exploding at about three-quarter speed, which, you know, again, that's 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 what the players are doing um, on a lot of the reps. He just doesn't look uh, – the the guy that I watched at Washington, he's not there anymore. Um, and, and it's – look, spinal fusion surgery is a serious issue. Uh, again, uh, I get asked about him all the time. My standard answer will now come with with this on it. Uh, the Lions clearly are not expecting anything out of him, but they're giving him a chance to prove them wrong, to prove that he can do it. And he is working hard. Like, there's no doubt about it. he is trying to get back. And the team would love to get him back, but they have definitely made a decision to move on at that position and, and you know, cover their, their bases. Christian Covington, a newcomer that a lot of people uh, have sort of overlooked, number 52 in your, in your program, came from uh, uh, the Chargers. Uh, I know him from his Houston days when he was a rookie there. He was sort of J.J. Watt's backup and, and that bounced inside um, and, and bounced around that line a little bit. He's playing that same role, and he looks uh, like he's about 290 right now. Uh, I, would, I would guess that Levi's in that 285 to 290 range. And uh, he was getting some first-team reps today and looked good. Uh, uh, talked to Jeremy Reisman and and uh, and Nolan Bianchi about it uh, while we were standing around. They're like, "Yeah, that guy's like, we didn't know he was that quick." Like, so the if you're worried about Levi making an impact, probably need to like just let that ship sail away uh, and hitch your wagon or your sail, your top sail, whatever, to to Christian Covington because he's playing that role right now. And they've they've replaced him between him between Covington between John Kaminsky coming back. Um, by the way, Aline McNeil looks like he's down a lot of weight 
He looks fantastic. He looks really, really um, spry. Uh, I think they've covered that base, quite frankly. So, uh, again, it, Levi, I don't think they're going to cut him. I, I don't think they're like putting a lot of pressure on him to, to perform or anything. But, uh, you know, if he gets back, that's fantastic. It's gravy. But at this point, uh, don't expect much, um, at least from my observation on it anyways, and the flexibility today, because he did not look limber or near ready at all. Go back to AG's press conference for a bit. And one of the other things that he talked about was Jack Campbell and kind of cooling the Jets on the hype a little bit. And I get why he did it, because we saw him in practice today, and they're doing a lot of 11-on-11 drills, team drills. And there were times in coverage where he was just like a, a little bit late to recognize what was going on uh, and got beaten to the point of attack. One of them was on a route to Tom Kennedy, who does that to everybody. Uh, he didn't do that to everybody, too. Uh, there was another one where he uh, sort of was late in identifying a wheel route and kind of got beat on it. And they, the Lions ran a wheel route a lot on offense, and it's pretty good, folks. But you're seeing, you're seeing that he's a rookie. And I think we all need to remember that he is a rookie. All these guys are rookies, you know, Branch coming in, um, Jamar Gibbs coming in. You know, uh, there's a lot of rookies on this team. They're going to make rookie mistakes. And I think Dan was very clear about that. Uh, and I think that, you know, especially with talking about Sam Laporta and uh, going into a discourse about what it's like to be a rookie tight end in the NFL. And I thought Dan explained that very well. Uh, check out his press conference for that. Uh, and I'm going to write about that at Lions Wire, too, because I think it was a, a pertinent thing. Uh, I haven't had a chance to write that yet, but uh, it's uh, it's worth checking out. Uh, but but AG was pretty clear on it too. Like these guys are rookies. Like let's not like put them in the Pro Bowl yet. Let's not let's not you know hang banners honoring them just yet. I think it's important that that the team and the coaching has that mindset. Like they're not they're not letting this get too big too fast. They're not gulping the Kool Aid. Um, they're confident. They're they're clearly confident, folks. But they're not. They're not to the point where they think that they can't work at it or, you know, that that's just going to be this easy cruise to victory, which I think some fans have sort of taken and adopted and don't do that. The team isn't doing that. Um, if you're a Detroit fan, you should know that's probably not a great idea to, to try to get, you know, don't, don't, don't put that cart well before the horse. But uh, it's okay to be confident about this team because uh, they have, they have a good confidence about them. Uh, Dave Fipp came out, special teams coach. So we love Dave Fipp, friend of the friend of the Detroit Lions podcast. We've interviewed him a couple times. Uh, great guy. Uh, he loves the the uh, bleep button um, that doesn't get bleeped when we play it. Uh, we we won't repeat that for now, but it's it's good. Um, so Fipp came out and talked about the kicking situation. Uh, first off, he talked about the special teams and uh, the rule change that allows it, and he's basically like. I'm not thrilled about it. I'm not really worried about it, though. Like, we're going to adapt. I'll, I'll, I'm a good coach. I'll figure out how to make it work to our advantage, is basically what he said, which is what, exactly what he wanted to say. Uh, he talked about the open receivers, or I'm sorry, return men. It's going to be a battle, folks. This is, this is one of the positions on the team that is wide open right now. Uh, it's pretty clear that he doesn't have a favorite, and just looking at all the guys that went through, cycled through reps at it, uh, catching it from the, the gun today, uh, they, they didn't actually kick. They had the, the gun shooting it at you where you, you feel as they can control it a little bit better. A lot of dudes in that competition, so that's going to be one to keep watching. But uh, So then Fipp got asked about his confidence in the kickers that they have on the roster. And at this point, there were two. <laughs> there was... Uh, Michael Badgley coming back 
And they just signed John Parker Romo from the XFL, uh, big leg guy from the, the San Antonio Brahmas, uh, made a 57-yard kick there, also made a 55-yard kick there. And uh, at that point of the day, this was about 11.45 in the morning, he said that they're very confident in what they've got. They like what they have. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, not doing an exact quote. I'm just not, I didn't write it down that way, but. Uh, he made it clear that they were pretty satisfied and, and willing to see what they've got. So, I'm driving home. It's like 3.34 o'clock. Um, I live on the west side of the state, so it's it's like a two-and-a-half-hour drive, three-hour drive for me to get home. So, I get just west of Lansing on Interstate 96, and my phone starts blowing up. I'm getting it from people in the, the Detroit Lions Patreon Slack. Oh, thanks, by the way. Best $5 you can spend. Do it. Best, most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Getting it from people that I just spent time with. I got it from a Lions coach who will remain nameless for now. Uh, telling me, uh, I tweeted out that uh, Dave Fipp was confident in what they had and and read that as they're not looking for other kickers. Well, he proved me wrong very quickly. Thanks. Um, thanks for that. They signed, or I'm sorry, they traded for Riley Patterson. Like, remember Miley Patterson going 13 for 14 in his uh, first season in Detroit, which was 2021. The Lions let him go after he did not perform well last offseason. And this is an important stress point. Last offseason, there was an open kicking battle. And he did lose it to Austin Seibert, who then got hurt. Now, Patterson went to Jacksonville, had a fantastic year. I believe it was 30 for 35. I believe he had a 50% touchback rate on his kickoffs, which is important because that's where Michael Badgley is very weak. I think he had a 12% kickoff uh, touchback rate when he was with the Chargers, and the Lions don't let him kick off. Jack Fox kicks off because Jack Fox is better at it than Badgley. We have talked to Dave Fipp uh, both privately and publicly, and he has stated that they would rather not have Jack Fox do kickoff. So this is where the competition has gone. Now there are three kickers on the roster. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, I would like to tell you that I know where that's going to go, but I don't. I will just say they traded an asset. Now, it's a 2026 seventh-round pick, so you're looking at a very marginal asset at best. But they did actually give something up to get Patterson back into Detroit. So I wonder if that gives him an advantage. We'll see how that plays out. Um, one of the interesting wrinkles to this to me is that the Lions didn't cut a kicker when they brought a kicker in. Uh, they're keeping three right now. They cut uh, Keaton Thompson, a wide receiver from Virginia, who was really, really slow today, and it was pretty easy to see why he was going to be gone. Um, unfortunately, just just wasn't there for him. Uh, not a lot of twitch with him. So now they have three kickers on the roster. They have two long snappers, uh, Jake McQueen and Scott Daly. I did watch a little bit of both of them. Not going to lie, I can't tell. Other than McQuaid has a bitchin' beard um, that looks like Scott Ian from Anthrax. Uh, beyond that, you can't tell any difference in the performance between the two. Look, it's early as one day in May. There's a lot of ball left to play. Jack Fox is still the only punter uh, for now. We'll see how that plays out, I guess. But there's a lot going on with Dave Fipp and the special teams. Uh, and he talked a lot about how much the team's going to miss um, going to miss Corey Moore. I'm sorry, CJ Moore. CJ Moore, who is uh, no longer with us, the Lions, uh, as part of the gambling gate, which leads me to... Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams did not have a great day of practice, and it was a little frustrating in a couple of areas. 
one of them, um, I'll, I'll just go through it. I, I got the, the notes here. Um, let me read it off here. Uh, ran a post route. Uh, first team uh, going against the second team defense. He ran a post route. Very nice route. Showed his explosion. Goff put the ball a little short, but not like like he didn't have to adjust back for it. He kind of it was coming. Let's see, he's he's running this way, so he's like here to catch it when he could have been here. Uh, and he got two hands on it, and then um, undrafted rookie Starling Marlin Martin got a hand on it and broke it up. And JMO didn't really try to secure it all that much uh, from my vantage point. It was not again. This is. They're literally running right at us. Um, we are beyond the end zone, uh, and this happened at about the two-yard line. So we're 15 to 20 yards away. Uh, it didn't look like there was a lot of effort on JMO's part to secure that ball quickly. Like, he thought he had it beat. Now, the side tangent here. Dude ran with him step for step after JMO got the release. Like, he's right there on his hip running... 45, 50 yards down the field. That's a feather in the undrafted rookie from UAB's cap. Um, dude's got some jets, man. He, he showed it there. So that's positive. But you want to see JMO make that catch. So then later on, uh, this is later in the in the, the reps, and JMO runs an out route. And he gets a little bit of separation. Uh, and he's coming, and Goff throws the ball late. And that's important because that that gives you some context for what's going to happen. JMO was it, it was I don't want to call it a hospital ball, but it's certainly a perilous throw where the ball was located, leading JMO into a defender. And JMO, again, they're not in pass, no contact, so there's not really a risk of him getting throttled here. Basically, didn't try very hard to catch that ball either. Now, it's May. He's coming off an injury. He's working with people that he's not sure. Like the, the uh, I, 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 let me let me check for the, the defensive note because I got it here. Uh, who was it? Da, 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 da. It was uh, thirty-five. Brady Breeze closing on, among others. Um, but I'll talk about Brady Breeze more in a second. But. Jamo didn't really try to catch that very hard. Um, the word alligator arms came out from a couple of my media colleagues, and I don't dispute that. Again, it was not a great throw. It was, it was a throw that, that Jared Goff wanted back um, and, and made it clear that he wanted it back. But that's a throw that Jamo's got to catch. Like, if you're, if you're a first-round wide receiver in the NFL, you've got to catch that ball. Am I worried about Jamo? Not really. Am I concerned about Jamo? Yeah, a little bit. I am. And again, it's one day in May. He's got a chance to, to, you know, exercise those demons and move on and make things look great. He does certainly have a lot of speed coming out of breaks. And Dan talked about it and I saw it firsthand today. He is dynamic making a break out of his, out of his, making breaks out of his roots. Me, folks, been a long day, been up for a long time. Uh, they apparently emptied the trash in Canton, Michigan. At 5 a.m. and they slammed the dumpster down really freaking loud. And that, that made for a awkward start to my day. But anyways, you want to see that kind of effort. Uh, that, like, Amon Ross St. Brown is trying to catch that ball. Josh Rell is trying to catch that ball. Marvin Jones, who did actually drop a, another pass 
on the other side of the field later is trying to catch that ball. Tom Kennedy makes a living catching those balls. That's how he's still in the NFL. Again, it's early, but you want to see more after what we saw last year and with the the scepter of, you know, the, the, the 16 suspension hanging over his head. Now, he apparently he did talk to the media. I left before that happened, so I, d- I didn't, I don't have any, any input on that. Don't know, don't know what he said. Don't know how he said it. Don't know how, excuse me, how well it was received. But uh, I, I, I will get on that. But as far as practice went today, was not the best day for Jano. It also wasn't the best day for Jared Goff. And again, I will stress this. It's no pads um, very early in the process. I think it's the third day of OTAs, uh, first day that was open to the media. And he was just inaccurate, like just wasn't throwing the ball where it needed to be. Brady Breeze did get an interception later. Uh, I had to be reminded that Brady Breeze, he's number 35, by the way, was still on the roster because I honestly didn't remember that. Uh, he's still on the roster. He actually played pretty well today. So maybe he will be on the roster more um, as Dave Fipp might see fit. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'll say no more. But yeah, Goff didn't have a great day. Um, let's talk about some of the undrafted rookies because uh, one of them is a quarterback, Adrian Martinez. Uh, you might remember him from Nebraska and the decade or so that he spent quarterbacking the Cornhuskers to mediocrity. Uh, he did spend his last season at Kansas State and got a lot better. Uh, that guy wasn't in Allen Park today. It was not pretty. Uh, it was windy, and his balls that he was throwing into the wind specifically, which was coming at us um, at the, if you've ever been to Allen Park, uh, they're coming at us where we are at the building with the indoor training facility right behind us, and the wind was coming from the, that way. I think that's south? East? I don't know. My compass is messed up. Anyhow. A lot of ducks, a lot of short throws, and uh, this is a guy. He it, like I've I've seen Adrian. Martin, I've seen him in person. Like he's got a, a good live arm. It did not show today, and uh, he he was relatively inaccurate as well, which was disappointing. Uh, Breeze got his interception. Actually, I'm looking at my note off of Sudfeld. Uh, Sudfeld looked okay. Um, it's fine. Um, no big deal. Hendon Hooker is standing and watching right now. Um, checking things out, taking mental reps. Uh, he's very much engaged with the team, uh, was was talking with the coaches, so uh, I'm not concerned at all with that. Uh, a couple of other undrafted rookies, and I circled them here so I wouldn't forget who they are. Handy dandy, rustered in miracle sheet. It's good stuff. Uh, by the way, uh, he tripped up a lot of people in the media. James Houston is no longer number 59, folks. He's number 41. He changed. Uh, 59 is now... Trevor Nowoski, who, undrafted rookie, had a good day. You can see why they like the guy from Saginaw Valley State. He's a linebacker from Saginaw Valley State. SVSU's finest. He's from Ken, Michigan, by the way. Really athletic. Uh, showed it in when a play where he had to flip his hips. Uh, he initially started going the wrong way on a, a run coverage rep uh, and flipped it around and took off, and uh, wow, he's fast. So uh, he, he might be sticking around for a little bit. Um, at least through uh, preseason, anyways. Uh, the guy I want to talk about, though, was uh, Starling Thomas. I called him the wrong name earlier. That's my bad. Starling Thomas, the cornerback from University of Alabama, Birmingham. Aside from the play where he broke up uh, the pass for Jamo or was involved in it and it ran on the hip, there's a lot to like about this guy. Uh, he's big. He's physical. He looked good on the jam. 
Okay, I learned not to hold a little bit. There was a rep where he was uh, isolated on Tom Caddy. And he held his jersey pretty egregiously. Uh, but, the, again, that's going to happen. Tom Kenny, Tom Kenny does that to people, folks. That's what he does. That's why he sticks around so long. He's really good in these situations. I like what I saw from Starling Thomas. I think he is probably the best undrafted candidate to make the team. Uh, I was talking about Mo Ibrahim a little bit, uh, the running back from Minnesota. The word that comes to mind is slow. Sorry. Uh, he's clearly the slowest of the running backs. And I posted a couple of clips to Twitter uh, of the running backs doing a certain drill. Um, that was more of a footwork agility drill, so you don't really get to see it in that. There were a couple of times, though, where he was running in the open field and he was pretty easily caught from behind by the by the linebackers. Uh, in one case, John Kaminsky ran him down the open field. It's not exactly great for a running back. I know that's not his role. I know that's not what he does. Um, Ibrahim is a between-the-tackles bruiser, short yardage guy, um, between-the-chains break-the-tackle guy, and obviously you're not tackling, you're not having contact, so that sort of takes away from it. But uh, he is not a game-breaker, put it that way. Uh, one guy that does deserve mention, Greg Bell. Probably the star, maybe, of the running backs today. You might remember he was pretty good last offseason as well as an undrafted rookie out of San Diego. State? San Diego State? Yeah. Um, looked very good today. Looked very spry. Um, he runs upright, which uh, new running back coach Scotty Montgomery was getting on him about. There's some juice there, folks. Uh, he, he led to some conversations. Uh, like, who? who's that? Oh, 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 yeah, him. Yeah, he looked good last summer, too, before he got hurt. Uh, keep an eye on Greg Bell. Uh, the Lions are, clearly. Uh, a couple other guys that I circled. Uh, let's see here. Where is it? Oh, uh, Brad Cecil, center um, out of South Florida, taking 13 center reps. Uh, so Frank Ragnall obviously not participating with his toe injury. I uh, don't even think that he he was he was he was there, but not not out in uniform or anything. Um, so Ross Piercebacher was your second team center, and Brad Cecil out of South Florida was a third team center. And I will tell you that if you told me that Brad Cecil was Evan Brown as a center, I would have believed you. Um, looks very similar, gets out of his stance sort of similarly, um, about the same size at like a like medium two ninety five. Uh, that that's that's kind of where where Evan Brown played at. Um, it'd be interesting to see how well he does once you can actually like make contact with it. Because uh, my first impression of Brad Cecil was was positive, so you got that. Uh, one other one that I wanted to hit on, uh, where is it? Oh, Dylan Drummond. Wide receiver from Eastern Michigan made a really nice catch, uh, on a throw from Sudfeld that was low, uh, which if you go back in time, uh, to when I covered Nate Sudfeld at the Shrine Bowl some six, seven years ago, uh, was, was a common feature for him. Drummond made a really nice shoe top catch on a pass where it didn't need to be at his shoe tops and made a break out of it. And it's the break out of it that really caught my eye and it caught the eye of a couple of the people that I was standing with. He's got some jets coming out of the breaks and transition very quickly from receiver to runner. That's one of the things that I really look for in a, a wide receiver uh, with, with Keaton Thompson going away and with, uh, you know, just general openings uh, on the spots that th there's 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 some room there for some action uh if drummond continues to play look this is a guy who got signed 
because he had a great uh, rookie tryout minicamp. He's keeping that momentum going. So I'm going to wrap it here because Chris and I are going to do a live show uh, at some point on Friday. I'm recording this Thursday evening. Uh, if you have questions on that, I would suggest you uh, like and subscribe. Make sure you do that so you know when we do come live. We're scheduled to come on at 2, but you never know. It's the middle of the work day. Things happen. So if you like and subscribe, you'll get notified when we do go live, and you'll want to do that because uh, we will be monitoring the chat for questions on things. Uh, and uh, it, it's a good time to get with it. We're going to talk about uh, quite a bit of things aside from the OTAs as well, but that's that's the primary focus. Uh, again, keep checking out Lions Wire. I'm going to have a ton of written content posted. Uh, you'll get my thoughts, my takeaways, um, some some good quotes from the press conferences that that struck my fancy and so forth. So uh, again, like and subscribe. Thanks for watching, and uh, go Lions! Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions! <laughs>